you need in the room who needs to believe that. And I'm not going to go into if you're having more than three or four coffees a day, but, you know, that'd be dangerous. Hey, turn, <laughs> turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 34. Uh, we, we, the funny, we would, we, it, was, it would have been like a year ago and we will gone doing a fast, we're thinking about, or we weren't thinking about doing a fast, because who knows if you think about doing a fast, you probably won't end up doing it, you just got to jump in, and then, and me and Leroy were talking, and I was like to Leo, how many coffees do you have a day? And Lee's like, he, I won't say how much he was having, and then you could see the conviction of the Holy Spirit just come upon him, and he was like, oh, I think I know what I need to fast. <laughs> Uh, that'll get you sorted out, I'll tell you what. All right, Deuteronomy 34, uh, let's start in verse 10, and then if your Bible's like mine, it, it'll just flow on, because the, the Bible's amazing, it'll just flow on to Joshua chapter 1. Is that cool? So we're going to go Deuteronomy 34, and then we're going to read straight into Joshua chapter 1. Is that good? And uh, there's a, this will take like a minute or two, but uh, this, is a good, this is a good read. So... Uh, Since that time, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses. So Deuteronomy 34 verse 10, whom the word of the Lord, whom the Lord knew face to face. For all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and all, all his land. And for all the mighty power and for all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. So that was the life of Moses, right? And then we look in Joshua chapter 1. It just flows on. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. You know, sometimes God just gives you a simple word, like, I knew that, God, but Moses is dead. That's a, that's a good revelation right there. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses, that's important, just as he spoke to Abraham as well, remember? From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun will be your territory." No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's a good promise. Come on. But as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be, very, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Note this next part. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. So God cares about the meditation of our heart. Think about that. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. I've not, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Almost done. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, saying, 
the midst is like, this is in the middle of like 3 million people, right? Saying, prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you are going to cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. The Jordan was a, a deep, wide river. So uh, as Moses brought the Israelites through the Red Sea, so Joshua was going to take the Israelites through the Jordan and the waters rolled back, it says. So prepare for the miracle. That's what he's saying to the people. Prepare for the miracle that is coming. Get ready. Um, I broke the rule of what I was told in Bible college. You don't read, you don't read more than like three sentences of scripture, take a break and then talk about it, otherwise people switch off. So anyway, all good. I hope you stayed awake during that. Um, <laughs> we're like, I won't talk about coffee again. Um, Joshua has this call on his life, right? I want you to think about, I'm just going to paint a picture for you really quickly. Imagine being under the leadership of Moses. Here is a man who brought a whole nation out of Egypt He's been leading uh, the Israelites. Uh, he brought them through the wilderness. Uh, sorry, he brought them across the Red Sea, through the wilderness. I mean, when you think about people who are untouchable, that was Moses. Uh, like if you're, into, if you're into like NBA, it would be like Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Um, they, they, it's like untouchable. If you're into um, AFL, it would be like Chris Judd, right? Best Carlton, best player all time. Couldn't help myself. Um, so, <laughs> oh, come on, focus. So Moses, he's been leading Israel for so long, and Joshua has been like his apprentice, and all of a sudden Moses has died, right? And Joshua has the call of God on his life to lead the Israelites into the promised land, something that Moses could not do. And the whole point of this passage, this scripture, is that God is preparing Joshua for what he hasn't done before. Joshua has experienced a lot, right? Imagine being in a whole bunch of church meetings. You see healings, you see miracles, you see God move in people's lives. You're down the street, you see someone pray for someone and God's just doing awesome stuff. But then imagine God asking you to do it, right? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm happy up here preaching, but there's some people in the room and you're called to preach. Come on. And God's asking you, come on, will, will you preach? Will you get up and preach the gospel? Will you, start in, in, will you start down the street? Will you start in your family? Will you start? It, like it, I, I remember when I was preaching, I was, uh, I was 25 and I was in, a old, in the shipping container that we had built for Beck's art studio. So there's just paint everywhere. And I, I, it was just a burning in my spirit to preach. And so I'd pray and then I'd just start preaching something because I'm like, oh, this sounds like it would be a good sermon one day. <laughs> and so I just started preaching and, and you're looking at like the window, put their hand up to get saved at the end and the dead huntsman in the light above me was almost resurrected. <laughs> it's still there. If you went in there and looked up, there was this dead huntsman in the fluoro light and I, I wasn't going to get it out. So just, every time I'd go in there and pray and pray, I'd just look up and be like, there's a dead huntsman again. <laughs> but, but there is a call of God on every single person's life and God is preparing you for it. Get ready, I'm telling you, get ready because God is preparing you to walk in His promises for your life and there's more for your life. Come on. And so Joshua has experienced a lot. But all of a sudden, 
he has to take Israel into the promised land. All of a sudden, he has to look at the Jordan, look at a whole nation, look at himself and God and say, gee, I've got to step up in life. God, you're calling me to something greater. God, you're calling me to the more of your presence. God, you're calling me into who you truly created me to be. There's people in the room today and God is preparing you and the menial tasks, the little things that you're doing day by day, you think is just boring. You think, well, God, if you put me into this situation, then, then I would live for you, Jesus. Then I'd do something amazing. But God's preparing you in the small in what you're doing in your life right now because he's getting you ready to lead people. He's getting you ready to walk in the promises of his kingdom and lead people into them. Come on. So Colossians 3 says that we are, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Amen. For you died. So that's, that's great. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So I think, man, just you are in God. I mean, that should excite people today. Your life is with Christ in God. So you, you shouldn't be able to find yourself anymore. When you look at yourself, all, all you should be able to find is Jesus. Come on. All you should find is the goodness of God, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. You don't need to look at your own inadequacies. You can look at Jesus in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so we've been raised, but the Bible says that we've been baptized into his death. We've been baptized into his resurrection spiritually. So I died with Christ. I've been raised with Christ. And I've also been baptized into his ascension because Romans 8 says that not only were you called, not only were you justified, but you were also glorified. Come on. And so we are raised with Christ and now our job is to begin to think like him and live like him and look at our promised land and say, God, okay, you need to prepare me and teach me to get into, come on, to walk in those things. And the beauty of our relationship with Jesus, as Paul said, is that we learn to live up to what we have already attained. So I have all these amazing promises that God has for my life in, in everything, in family, financially, in my health, uh, you know, and, and then to impact people around me. There's all these promises that God has. And he says that you, you have them all. They are your inheritance but we live up to what we already have attained. So it's in my possession, and now God is teaching me how to walk in it. You know, God said to Joshua, I'm giving you the land. The land is yours. It's your land, right? So whose land was it? All right. So, cool. <laughs> You're awake. Good. The land was Joshua's, but who was in the land? The giants were in the land. There was a whole bunch of nations in the land, but the land is Joshua's. So, I mean, if you want to talk about confusing, God, you are confusing me because I have this promise on my life, but I'm not seeing it come forth. And so the Holy Spirit is preparing Joshua to walk in the promises for his life. And that is what he's doing for your life. You are a co-inheritor of the kingdom of God, and God is preparing you to walk in the promises that he has for you. Come on. 
And so we inherit all these kingdom promises. Joshua had a physical land. We have a spiritual land of promises that we inherit. And he's teaching us, he's saying, will you walk with me? Will you, will you come, I'm, I'm with you. Your, your life is hidden in me. Now will you walk with me to learn how to possess what I've already given you, but you haven't seen it yet. In Romans 5.17, um, the Apostle Paul said that if, if by through the one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, then how much more will those who have received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, will they reign in life through the one man Christ Jesus? So you need to look, it's really important when you read the scriptures, we need to look at the potential for our life, right? Potential is really important because if you don't know your potential, you'll never know the belief and then the vision and then the daily habits you can put in place to live in that potential. If you think that you have the potential of a frog, then you're probably going to go try and live by a pond for the rest of your life, <laughs> right? Uh, great example, Dean. Anyway, good preaching example. That's what happens when you don't preach from notes, you just go. But um, potential is so important in life. And, and God says that you are called to reign in life through the one man, Christ Jesus. Reigning is a kingly term. So you need to think of yourself as a powerful person. You need to think of yourself as I'm with God, God's with me, He's created me for greatness. That's not arrogance, that's just the call of God on my life. Come on. And there's too many Christians who are thinking all the way down here. But God has not called you to think down here and live down here because He's already seated you up here. And so it's time to think up here, right? So He gives us a kingdom and then He teaches us to think according to that kingdom. Why? Because if you're a part of that kingdom, you think like that kingdom. And so, so many people, we don't have, like, you don't have a sin nature, but who knows that you can have sin habits, right? And so, it's so important in our life to look at what kingdom we're a part of and then begin to think like that. And so, we're learning to reign in life. Amen? I remember, like, when I was growing up, um, you know, uh, you learn from your parents, right? And so my dad, like, my dad's teaching me things. My dad's showing me my potential, right? Dad is showing me what's possible in life. If I didn't have parents, I wouldn't know what's possible. But all of a sudden, I see dad, you know, uh, out working on his machine, and I think, oh, that's cool. Like, that's my potential. I can work on a machine. I can do that, right? That's a possible. Like, when I'm five, six years old, Oh, that's possible. You know, dad, we, we play chess. And by the time I was nine, I was beating dad in chess. I'm like, man, that's, that's possible. Come on. He wouldn't tell you that. He wouldn't tell you that. But it was by the time I was nine, I'm like, this is what's possible for my life. So fathers are showing their kids their potential in life. And who knows that fathers bring, four, they bring four important things. Identity, destiny, protection, and provision. So fathers, this is, and this is exactly the same as your relationship with the Lord because he's a good father. And so he brings identity. Like, I look, like dad was showing me who I am. This is who you are. You're a trump. You know, you don't think like that. You think like this, right? 
so God's a good father. Hey, this is who you are. You're seated with Christ. You're raised with him. The resurrection power of the Spirit of God lives in you. So when you, when you see a problem in your life, the world sees it and they complain and they think, well, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. This problem that I'm facing or this situation, it is what it is. But God, your father, is actually saying something differently. He's saying, hey, you're not of the world. You're from my kingdom. You're an ambassador. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're my kid. Think differently. We don't, when, we, when we look at sickness, we don't think, oh, well, bummer. We look at it. This is how we... So this is God speaking to me. Dean, I look at sickness and I say, come on. The, the promise of my son was that by your stripes, that person is healed. So you need to look at that and you need to pray. You need to walk in faith. You know, like I have a financial problem. And God's like, God doesn't, he's like, well, that's it. That's, you're just done. Bad luck. Well, I just, I guess those, that just didn't work out for me. I guess I'll, you know, yeah, oh, the, everything's in, inflation. Well, let's just blame it off inflation. God doesn't think like that. He's a good father. Hey, Dean, this is how I think in my kingdom. The world thinks like this. The world looks at that circumstance as hopeless, but I look at it with a hope-filled lens, baby. Come on, because I'm God, right? Some people, like, like, so we're learning to think according to the kingdom of God. And so, you know, dad, so dad in the room, dad, is, is showing me like what I can do. He's releasing identity to me. He's imparting identity. This is who you are. You're, you're, a, you're a man, so he's teaching me healthy masculinity. I'm looking at the way that he relates to my mom. And I say, this is the way a husband relates to, to a wife. I'm learning that from my father. And so God, your heavenly father, is teaching you identity. And then the beautiful thing is he releases destiny. Because when you know your identity, it births destiny within you. And then I'm looking at destiny, and this is the call on your life. This is what's potential for your life, son. This is what you can do with your life. This is, this, is the, this is your gifts and your anointings, and I'm going to back you in it. Come on. I'm going to back you as a good father. And this is what you, you know, you can, uh, you can get a boat and go fishing. Woo! I'll take that. You can do that, right? And so God's showing you your destiny in the room today. Some people, you just need to spend some time with the Lord and say, breathe upon my imagination, Holy Spirit. Stir me up again. Show me my destiny. Show me what you've called me to because there's more. You're preparing me for it. You're getting me ready. You're teaching me. You're leading me. You're guiding me. In the daily things that I'm doing, you're stirring me up. And then you won't get bored when you're doing things like washing the dishes because all of a sudden when you're washing the dishes, you're like, oh, this is actually for a purpose. This is teaching me and training me to be a better father. And then I won't do it out of a bad attitude, but I'll be like, hey, Beck, I'm on it, baby. So <laughs> I'm ministering to myself. But <laughs> identity, destiny, <laughs> uh, protection and provision. Who knows that God's your protector, right? And so a good father protects his kids. I was never worried when I went... Uh, down the street when I went to a, a footy game, wherever, I, you know, when we went on holidays, I was never worried about my own safety. I looked back and I thought maybe I should have been, but I was never worried about my own safety because I trusted my dad. And so fathers released protection for their kids. And then provision. I was never, you know, 
I was never worried about when, what, what would happen next week financially. I wasn't like eight-year-old Dean and like, well, Dad, how's the, how's the stock market doing today? And, you know, how, how'd work go? Do you want me to do the books for you and make sure that we've got enough to pay the bills this week? No. Come on. Like, that's, that's, that's your father's issue, right? That's your father's issue to do that. That's his job to, if he wants to, worry. <laughs> like, that's his job. And so, as, as believers, God is training you for reigning. You're in training for reigning. Come on. And you're in training to reign with the Lord, and he's teaching you, and he uh, releases identity, he releases destiny, he releases pro uh, protection and provision. You don't need to worry about your finances for next week or next year. That is possible. Now listen to me. That is your potential. You may not be walking in that, but that is your potential as his son or daughter because kids don't worry about that stuff. They put the worry on their father and too many people, you are taking the responsibility of what God wants to take. You're taking the responsibility of your finances, of your kids, of your family, and you're getting stressed out. And your heavenly father is saying to you, hey, just release that to me because that's actually my responsibility as a good father. Come on. Is that good? Psalm 144, verse 1. David said, Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my, listen to this, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. David was a warrior. David, so David would have done training, right? He would have learnt how to fight with a sword. Obviously, he learnt how to use a sling and a stone. He was that good at it that he could take out a giant. He was good at his craft. He knew what he was doing as a warrior. But he said, praise be to the Lord, my rock. It's the Lord who trains my hands for battle. And it's the Lord, sorry, it's the Lord who trains my hands for war. And it's the Lord who trains my fingers for battle. So David understood that he was in training for reigning with God. He understood that God had given him things to steward in life and it was his job to do it unto the Lord. And so that means that in the daily things of his life, in his learn, I don't know, practicing how to fight, practicing how to throw a spear, he was like, God is teaching me. God is preparing me. Because there's something greater for my life and what I'm doing today, God's preparing it for something that I'm going to do in the future that is greater. So David fought the lion and the bear, but who knows that the lion and the bear were battles for him to win that was a warm-up to deliver a whole nation when he defeated Goliath. Come on. And so there are battles for you to win in your personal life. This is what this scripture is saying. There are battles for you to win in your personal daily life, things that you are facing at the moment that God is teaching you how to overcome them because it's not just for you, but it's for people in the future that you can occupy the land and then pull people into it. Come on. And so this, I tell you what, this will change the whole way you think about your life because all of a sudden you will walk with purpose every day. 
all of a sudden you wake up and you'll be like, God, I'm excited because you're training me. I'm, on the training, I'm in the training ground of the Holy Ghost camp. Come on. And I'm getting ready to go and you're training me. And hey, I didn't, oh, this person, this came, I, I chickened out on this or I should have prayed about this or God, I should have done that. That's okay. I'll wake up tomorrow and I go again. Come on. I have a good father who's showing me my potential in life. Do you know John 14, 12, Jesus said, and I just think this is the most challenging scripture in the Bible. Jesus said that uh, he who believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and even greater things will he do because I'm going to be with my father. Now, you need to treat that as a potential. You need to say, like, Man, that, that's, that's a challenging scripture, Jesus. But, but this is my potential in life. My potential is to love the unlovable. Come on. I may not be walking in forgiveness today. There may be people that I'm bitter at, but my potential is to walk in forgiveness and Holy Spirit, you're teaching me to walk in it. I, I, may, be, I may have really bad uh, habits in my life, sin habits, things that I'm doing that are just not helpful for me. But this is my potential and I'm in training for reigning. And so Holy Spirit, you're teaching me to overcome this sin so that I can lead other people into overcoming this sin and show them what's possible in God. Come on. Or that cut a bit too deep. <laughs> but David, he was in training for reigning and there's things that where people today, you're facing things in your life and you're just over it, Right? But God is teaching you. God is leading you. The Holy Spirit, He is preparing you like He's preparing Joshua to take the people into the promised land. He's preparing you in life to live as an overcomer. Come on. And so there's things in our life that we're learning to steward for the Lord daily because we're saying, God, teach me how to live in this because I know that it's not just for me but it's for the glory of you and your kingdom to extend throughout the earth. I, this is who I want to be. I want to be a, a selfless man. I want to be a man full of the Spirit who constantly blesses others, who walks in your power, that when, when there's problems that people are facing, that I carry the God who has all solutions. And so I want to be the person who releases those solutions to people. God, that is my potential. Teach me to walk in it. Now, I mean, so many Christians... It's like we level off in life. It's like we say, well, I've experienced all I've had to experience in God, in life. I'm happy. That's it. And I'll just live a nice life, which is nice. But the Bible doesn't call you to live a nice life. The Bible calls you to live a laid down life. It says to take, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. It's not a bless me gospel. It's a gospel of taking up your cross and following him and then he promises that he will do all this stuff in your life. But we take up our cross first and we say, yes, God, I'm ready to burn for you. Come and set my life ablaze. Come and every area of my life, I commit it to you. Show me how to steward it for the glory of your kingdom. Amen? So if you look, in Joshua 1, I just, I'm almost done, but there's three things. There's three things that the Lord, it's really, when you read Scripture, look at how God relates to people, and, uh, and you can take that for yourself.
There's three training grounds uh, for Joshua that I want to show you. So if you look in verse 1, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. So there's a shift in the spirit that God brings to our life. So when he prepares us, there is a shift in the spirit that happens. There, there, it's like, you know, I was thinking about how you provide language. I don't really know how to provide language for this, but it's like there's an excitement in your inner man. It's like you get this holy frustration. It's like you get this hunger birth within you. God says, Joshua, Moses is gone, and now it's time. Therefore, arise. Get going. It's like, I don't know if you want to call it the get going of the Lord, but, but it's like God stirs something within you. In Judges chapter 13 with Samson, it says that Samson was stirred in his spirit. The Lord stirred him in his spirit. Uh, Samson grew and it says the Lord blessed him and the Lord stirred him in his spirit. And so God begins to prepare us by stirring us in our inner man. There are problems that you burn. This is a good way to put it. When there's things that you look at in the world or there's things that you look at in the church and it's like the church and the world, they're not addressing these things, that's something that God's put in your spirit that you're burning for. It's like when you like, I used to come in to, like when I was in my early 20s, I'd come to church and I'd just be like, man, like people, people just aren't, going after uh, the baptism of the Spirit. Like, what's, where's the hunger in the room to go after the baptism of the Spirit? Come on. And, and those things you start burning for and you get really zealous for because God will put that in your heart because that's what you're called to solve. So when you look at the church, and like, like, which is great, like people will come up to me and they'll say, oh, like the church isn't doing this. We should be doing this. I'm like, yeah, awesome. Go for it. Like, go for it. God's put that in your heart. Because that's something, that's a call of God on your life. And that's something that is placed in your inner man that he's stirring up within you to go after. If you see a problem in society and you're like, and you're like why isn't anyone else caring about this? That's the call of God on your life. He's called you to solve that problem. And so, I mean, this is just good. That's how, this is how the Lord works. It's the training ground of the Spirit. And he, puts, he places a seed within your inner man that he wants you to begin to walk in. He places that seed where it's like Joshua's like, well, I have no idea what to do, but I know God's called me to be a leader. There's this hunger within me to be a leader. And so, Lord, you're stirring it within me. Come on. It's like Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gifts. And so one thing you, you should commit yourself to getting really good at this year is stirring up the gifts in your life. It's being like, hey, I'm feeling a bit low today. I'm feeling a bit tired but God's equipped me. I got my tools. I got the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the power of Jesus. Do you want me to keep listing them off? No, because I don't know anymore. No. (laughs) And I've got all these, and so I'm going to learn. I'm going to get really good at stirring myself up in my inner man because there's gifts that God's placed on my life that I need to walk in, and there's things that are lying dormant that I need to learn to activate, that I need to learn to stir up within me. So there's this holy raging fire. Come on. The Holy Spirit is water, 
fire and a sword. I mean, they're all pretty reckless stuff. You can't control that. Come on. You can't control water, fire. You can control a sword, but it's going to cut people, right? And that's who the Holy Spirit is within me. And so Joshua's learning in his inner man. Uh, No, I won't say that. I won't say that one. No, no. Don't do that one. No, it's all right. Look, look at verse 8. Move on to verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all to, to do according to all that is written in it. So God prepares us in our spirit, in our inner man. There's a burning that comes. There's something, there's a desire that God puts within us, things that we, we get angry about or things where it's like, you know, you share something with someone and they don't really care, but you care and then you're upset because they don't care, right? You ever had that? And you're like, why are you not caring about what I'm caring about? You should be caring about it as much as me. And if you were truly godly, you'd care about it as much as I cared about it. But... That's because the Lord's put that in your heart. He's put that in your life, and that's a burning for Him. And then if you, verse 8, the meditation of your heart, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So God really cares about the meditation of our heart. He prepares us in our spirit, but then we have our soul, our heart, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And this is the most important training ground of the Lord, where he prepares you. Because the meditation of our heart is so important to God. What we think about, what we meditate upon throughout the day, I bet you most people in the room didn't realize that the, med- the things that you're meditating upon, that is what God is addressing in your life. And there are things we want God to change in our natural world. There are things in our natural world where we're like, God, I'm praying about this. I want to see a shift. I want to see this change. But we are not doing the work to shift the meditation of our heart. And so you can pray a prayer because who knows that God, God is very holistic, right? He cares about you, spirit, soul, and body. And so you can pray this really amazing spiritual prayer. And you, you know, like, you know, when you get a good prayer out and you're like, that's a good prayer. I know that prayer should get answered because I prayed that really well and you even like you timed the in jesus name amen and you said the amen with authority so you just knew that god's going to answer that one (laughs) but then we pray this amazing spiritual prayer but then we go out throughout our day and we're thinking the total opposite to what our prayer prayed we're thinking the total opposite to what we just prayed for And in the meditation of our heart, it is not in line with the prayer we prayed. That is the very thing that your good father is focused on. The meditation of your heart, what you're thinking about. Because who knows, with Joshua, there were things that he couldn't take into the promised land. Did you get that when I read that passage at the start? There are things Joshua couldn't take into the promised land. Fear. God said, do not be afraid, be strong and courageous. 
In other words, Joshua was not allowed to take fear into the land of the giants. Because God knew if Joshua took fear into the land of the giants, he would fail. Right? So God is focused on our beliefs. Because there are things that you are believing that God wants to shift and change because he knows if you took that into your promised land, you won't occupy it for long. And so God looks at our world, he looks at our heart, and he says, hey, you've got, you've got some fat beliefs that need to be trimmed down, right? Like you need to do exercise on your beliefs. You got, you got some flabby beliefs. You got some beliefs that they're not, wor- like, they're not working for you. <laughs> oh man, I'm just, and, and, you, and God's like, hey man, like you need to take those beliefs to the gym and you need to pay a membership, it's going to cost you and yeah, it's going to be like half hour out of your day after work to go to the gym and get fit. But this is my call on your life. And if you want to occupy these promises and your potential and what I have for you, you've got to make this sacrifice, right? And, and that, is the, that is the exact thing that God does in our beliefs. He says, hey, like, you, you, I love you, but man, you think stupid sometimes. <laughs> like, man, you need to change this belief. I, I was about two, three months ago, like, I, I take long, so just give yourself lots of grace because it takes me long, like long, long time. And <laughs> I was, I was um, walking up to a... I was down the street getting a coffee and I walked up to, past this person and I'm like, oh, they look like they need Jesus, like I'm just going to talk to them about God. But this thought crept into my heart and I realised I started thinking it a lot. It was like, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll reject me. Like, yeah, they'll, oh, they'll, they'll, I wonder how they'll take it. Yeah, they'll probably reject me. They probably won't. You know, that happens, it can happen a lot. And yeah, they may not be, yeah, they might get angry. I wonder how they'll do it. I wonder if like they'll drop the F-bomb or if there'll be something, something worse. Like get, getting, preparing for failure, right? And God just addressed, like I remember I talked to, so talked to this person about Jesus. I acted really happy, had a big smile on my face, right? Because if you're a Christian, you, need, you want a smile on your face at least. Like, <laughs> if you're sad, just smile anyway. No. Um, that's not in the Bible. But, uh, but after it, God, like, it was just like God puts his finger on stuff in your life. And he put his finger on it. And he's like, why were you thinking like that? Why did you come into that situation thinking that, oh, yeah, it's not going to work out. They, they probably won't like God. They won't like this. They... You know, they won't take what I'm selling them, right? Why are you thinking like that? There are so many beliefs that we have in life where the default of what we're thinking and believing, we need to trim it down. We need exercise. We need to be like, all right, God, actually, why did I not go into that situation and think, Jesus, you are the man of grace. You are irresistible. The gospel, the gospel is irresistible to people because it meets a love that they've never had before. And everyone is burning for a father like our father. Everyone needs it. They just don't know it yet. So why was I not going into that situation full of faith, thinking, yes, I get to share Jesus with this person. I get to tell them about a good father who loves them, who saves them from sin, death, the grave, and hell. Come on, that's some good news. 
right? So I go to the gym, the spiritual gym, that is prayer. And I pray, and I'm like, God, I get into the Word, and I need to meditate. I need to focus on the meditation of my heart because who knows that God, God is awesome, and He just says, he, he, like science, is figuring out what God's already done. And it takes 21 days to change a habit. So that means it's going to take 21 days of me being like, every time I go and talk to someone about Jesus, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going full of faith. God, you're doing this. God, you're going to move. God, you're going to touch their life. Come on. And now everyone's eyes are going, oh, because you have to do some work. <laughs> but he, Joshua could not take fear into the land of the giants. Be strong and be very courageous. So in that command, there is a grace from God that if I take that, and, and put it to work in my world, I'm going to become someone who is very strong and who is very courageous. Because who knows that you will never do what you believe you can't do. You will never not do what you believe you can't do. Does that work? Yep. <laughs> You'll never be courageous if you don't believe you're courageous. So God focuses on our beliefs. That's why he places us in Christ because he says, this is your potential you live up to what you have already attained. I've already given it to you. Now believe like this and then begin to walk in it. Come on. Is that good? I'll, I'll, I'll finish on this part. I love the analogy of... Um, uh, and There's eagles. There's eagles in the world, right? <laughs> and the eagle, do you know that the eagle molts every year? I was reading about this. And when it molts, what it does is it goes up onto a high cliff and it loses all of its feathers. Uh, the, the sharp part of its beak falls off. Its talons begin to drop off. It becomes completely defenseless. And the eagle does that because every year what happens is when it does that, it's defenseless for a period of time, but then its feathers begin to grow back stronger its beak grows back stronger, its talons grow back stronger, and all of a sudden it can fly higher, it can see better, and it can get bigger prey. And so that's what God does in our life, is within the preparation there is pruning. There is pruning of our beliefs, there is pruning of who we are. And there's people in the room, and the reason I'm sharing this is because it's like you're going through a time of like, this is really challenging, this is hard, my life's a bit boring or my life's a bit tough, but the Lord's pruning you. And like the eagle, you're shedding stuff, you're getting rid of stuff. There's things you can't take. If you want, if you want the promises of God, like the Lord wants to take you into this, that's his heart, his desire, but there's things you need to shed before you go there. You need to get stronger, your capacity needs to increase. Like Jabez in the Bible, Jabez, his prayer was, Lord, increase me. That is one of my daily prayers. God, increase me. Increase my capacity as a father, as a son, as a friend. Increase me, God. And so the eagle, once it's shed, once it's got renewed everything, it can fly higher. It can take down bigger prey. It can go further. It can see better. That's what the Lord's doing in your life. He's pruning you. Within the preparation, there is pruning. But the pruning is a good thing because he's a good father who knows your potential. And so he's teaching you what you can do. Amen. And so it finishes here.
In verse 10, it says, prepare your provisions to cross over. So there's preparation. Do you know Joshua prepared for his miracle? So we can, we can stand. I'm pretty much done. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray and then we'll be done. But Joshua, he prepared for his miracle. He said to the people, this is the word of God. Get ready. Get your provisions ready because I'm crossing over, because we are crossing over. And so there are things that we do in the natural, acts of obedience that the Lord will ask us to do to prepare for what he wants us to do in our life. God, God said to me really clearly this year, he said, I won't say the amount of time, but he said, I want you to spend this amount of time in prayer daily this year. And I'm like, God, I already, I already pray every day. Isn't that enough? <laughs> he said, I want you to spend this amount of time in prayer because your current prayer life will not sustain you for where I want to take you. And that's what we, we need to press. Like we, Sometimes press in is the wrong word because how do you seek in how do you seek someone who already lives on the inside of you, right? But we need to learn to create space in our lives to let God speak and say, Lord, what are some acts of obedience that you want me to do? What, what are some things? What, what's a part of my believing that's wrong? What are some things that I can do in the natural that are going to, that, that are going to help bring a shift? Joshua had to go through the camp and get the people ready. So that means there's things in your life that you are stewarding where God wants to bring a shift there. You know, personally, when God said that to me, I thought, far out. <laughs> I, I don't have the time for that. But there's grace in that. If God's spoken it to you, there is a grace upon it for you to get it done. And there are acts of obedience where if you are willing... If you're saying, Lord, you're preparing me, you are training me for reigning with you, this is my potential, this is where you're calling me, this is what you're doing in my life and where you want me to be, then I need to hear from you and I need to shift some things in my world. And that's the hard part. Because we become creatures of habits, daily habits, right? And there are things we need to shift in our daily habits if we want God to move. Some people, you need to carve out time to pray. Some people, you, you need to, maybe the Lord's teaching you to be more generous because we're called to reign. And so I'm meant to reign over money, over the, the love of money is the root of all evil. So money should not have control in my life. I'm meant to reign over that. So God's teaching me to reign over money, over the love of money. God's teaching me to reign over sin. God's teaching me to reign in life. And so there are, Things that the Lord will speak to you this week, this year, where he'll be like, hey, you actually, you actually need to let go of that because you can't take that where I want to bring you. Amen? And so can we pray? This will take one minute. Let's pray, and I'm just believing that the Holy Spirit is just going to speak to our hearts. He's like, he's here, he's in the room, and uh, we don't have to work him up. He wants to speak to you. There are things in your life that God has for you that he's leading you in and he's going to minister specifically into that. So Lord, we just welcome your presence right now. Father, we, 
We thank You that we get to rest in You. We rest in the reality of You as the God who is gracious, kind, loving, who lives in us. Thank You that we are a habitation for You to live in, God, that our lives is a habitation for You to dwell in. So, Father, I pray that You that you would whisper to our hearts this morning. You'd whisper in our inner man that we would start burning for things that You're burning for, that the seeds of destiny that are lying dormant in people today would come alive, would open up. We pray for that, Father. Holy Spirit, I pray that You would Stir up the gifts and anointings upon every person's life. You bring fresh vision into their hearts, Father. God, I pray that where where people's hearts have been damaged by disappointment and discouragement because they've believed you for things that haven't happened or it hasn't turned out the way they thought it would. Father, I pray that you'd bring healing into those areas. If that's you, I just like, just lift up your hands, do something, just do, do an act of faith and just be like, God, I need you to heal this area of my life because I want to believe you for this but I've, I've been discouraged so much in the past. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your spirit, that you, that you say, Holy Spirit, that you are a river of living water. And so I pray that your living water would touch our hearts. God, I pray, Joel 2.28, that there'd be a release of dreams and visions in the room. There'd be a stirring of dreams and visions in the room, in Jesus' name. There'll be a stirring of dreams and visions in the room. That you would do what you promised to do, Holy Spirit, and that you would pour out dreams and visions upon people's lives. I thank you for it, God. Thank you, Lord. Stay, let's just stay in this place of prayer for one more minute. If you pray in tongues, you can do that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Rudy, I just, I saw, I see in your life, uh, I see it's like, uh, I see it's like a, a stake in the ground. And, uh, and I see God's like, He's given you a hammer and you've been hitting the stake into the ground. And then I saw uh, the hand of the Lord come upon you hitting the hammer of the stake in the ground. And it's like, bang, it hit the bullseye, it went straight in. And I just heard the Lord say that there's things that you've been believing for and contending for, and you're going to sense this year the supernatural presence of God come upon it.